So um, just want to want to speak about end days tonight. Who loves that sort of subject? Well, I guess we don't talk about it much these days. It got a bit out of fashion because it scares people. But I just have a burden in my heart and, uh, and um, just felt that I need to start teaching the church about this so that we can have a balanced and proper perspective about these, about these things. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Matthew 24 because we're going to use that a lot today. And maybe over the next 100 weeks, I might be speaking from Matthew 24, but I'm not sure. But I just want to say, if you're here with us tonight and you're not used to a church like, t- like this, um, just want, want you to feel welcome. We have dinner afterwards. Uh, the dinner's free. You might think we're a bit strange or weird, but that's okay. The food's good. So enjoy. But, but Christians of my generation, um, we, we learnt, um, uh, we were schooled, I guess, in the end times by, by movies. From, from the, if you grew up in my era in the 70s, uh, it was probably probably child abuse to send kids to church to watch these Christian horror movies called Like a Thief in the Night and the, and the sequels of that movie. Um, they, were, they were all about um, the, the, the end times and the horror um, and we were spooked, uh, we were spooked so, that we would, so that we wouldn't be left behind when the rapture came. So we'd be thinking, oh, I, I can't afford to be bad and, and there's a part in, in the movie where, where this kid comes home from school and there's a pot on, on the kitchen and, and it's, it's uh, boiling over and, uh, and he thinks, oh no, everyone's been taken to heaven and I'm left behind. And, and so he, 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 he suddenly finds himself repenting and asking for God's mercy, um, but it's already too late for him. But uh, the, the fact is that his mum's actually still there. She was just in the other room distracted and he's all okay. But it scares the living daylights out of you when you're only like eight or nine years old. It, 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 I'm going to actually um, ask for some compensation or something, I think, for the trauma. But as a young person, I was fascinated um, and, and also frightened with all this stuff. But I wanted to know more about it. And it's something that's always been, um, I guess, always been at the front of my thoughts about what we, what, what we should perceive and what we should know about what we call this end time stuff. So the subject of end times, I've got my little clicker here some, somewhere. Here it is. The subject of end times prophecy has both an element of mystery but it's also clear in the Word of God. So there's some things that you read in the Bible and you think, well, I'm not sure what, that, what that's supposed to mean, but there's also a great deal of, of uh, clarity and detail as to what we can expect. And that's what I want to start tonight. Um, and I don't know how many... I haven't got the, the rest of the series yet. I've only got tonight. So, but I know that as we move forward, the rest will come. So don't get mad at me when we're up to series number 24 of this but hopefully it will it might only be three who knows but it will ground us in some fundamentals of what to expect in the end times so the bible isn't silent on the subject jesus spoke about what it will be like in the last days um, when when the end of time of this earth ends but you know something we are spiritual people and spirit doesn't last for just earth it lasts for eternity and whether we want to or not, we end somewhere in eternity. So we need to understand that we are eternal beings. Now, we either end up eternally with God or eternally separated from Him. So we need to know that as a parameter. But some things, like that, that there's, there's some um, themes, I guess, when we think about end times. There's, there's this thing called the rapture. Who's ever heard that word? It doesn't mean that you're just really happy. Um, the mark of the beast. Who's heard of that? 
the tribulation, uh, a one world government, um, signs of the times. So these are all terms that Christians use as, as uh, end of age stuff. The signs to watch for. They have a mystery behind them, but Jesus wants the church to understand and be ready. So the most important thing, you need to poke someone next to you and, and the, the whole uh, thing that Jesus wants us to know about and be is ready. So ready is the word. Ready is the word for us. So Acts chapter 2 verse 17, I'm going to read this tonight and I don't normally do this because you know what, my eyes don't work well enough to read straight from the Bible anymore. So you know, if you wanted to know why I put things up on the screen all the time, it's because it's the only way I can read it without my glasses. Where are we? Oh, so, sorry. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. Who knows today? Oh, I got ahead of myself. Acts chapter 2 verse 17 it said, today is, is what we call Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after the Passover. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. So the very first thing, what did it say in the what? No one's listening, I've lost them already. In the last, it's my glasses that put you off. I look, I look scary and smart and all that. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. So if you're worried or scared about end time stuff, just say, well, God, I want that part of the prophecy that you spoke over mankind that in the end days, I want to be filled with your spirit. And that doesn't matter whether you're young or whether you're old or whether you're somewhere in between. You can be filled with the Spirit today and we're going to have time at the end of the service where we're going to lay hands on people like they did in the Bible and we're going to believe that you'll be filled and baptised with the Holy Spirit. Who's in for that? Good. Two people. But Acts chapter 2 verse 17, it's a positive fulfilment of prophecy of our time that the Holy Spirit will be upon us like no other generation of history ever had. Does that excite you? Yes. That makes me feel excited. Like no other generation had the opportunity that we had spiritually and we need to take hold of that opportunity and make the, make the most of it and run with what God wants to put into us. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus explains to his disciples and then to us what to expect before he returns. Um, Paul, the apostle, he, he describes the time, uh, these end times and the church uh, that has lost its way. So 2 Timothy chapter 3, I think it's verse 1 to 5, it says this, I'll read it all to you. This is Paul speaking to Timothy who he wants to know, he wants to teach him something about what to expect about the world. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, so again, that, that term comes up a lot in the Bible that we just read over and, and miss. But it says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, uh, there will be very difficult times. So what are the times going to be like for a Christian? They're going to be difficult. Um, so there'll be difficult times for people who love, uh, so hang on, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, 
disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They'll act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. And it finishes by saying, stay away from people like that. And the, the description that Paul is giving isn't the world because we know the world's always been like that. He's talking about a description of the church. So we don't want to be a church that looks like that. So um, when it says that the people will just be lovers of themselves, uh, that means that they just say, well, I'm just going to do what is best for me. So if it looks like um, the, the sun is shining and it's a nice day for fishing, well, instead of being in the house of God, I think I'll follow that. Or we just make decisions for our own comfort. But I want to give you a historical context behind um, what I'm talking about tonight. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 10. And I'll just paraphrase it by me. It says, in the last days, again, that term, in the last days, God says he will pour out his spirit upon all people, that our so his sons and daughters will prof prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I just want us to keep remember, remembering that, um, that part of Scripture today that God wants us to be filled with His Spirit in these days. Acts chapter 1, verses 9 to 10, and I've just paraphrased this, this Scripture. And it's, it's the time when Jesus was taken up to heaven like uh, as He leaves earth. So it says, in, I'll just paraphrase this, it says, as the disciples were straining their eyes, watching as Jesus disappeared into the sky, who knows that, that Jesus has a most unconventional way for everything? So it says that the, the, the disciples were straining their eyes and then two angels appeared and told them Jesus is gone, but he's going to come back again. So as Jesus is unconventional as he is, most people leave earth by dying. That's the, 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 the most common way people leave this earth is they die. But Jesus died, but that wasn't his exit strategy. He died and then came back again, uh, and, then he, and then he left again. So I've preached before on, on this thing called restoration. And maybe if you look up on our podcast, you can go back and find that message on restoration. But that, that word in the, in the original English talks about restoring a monarch to their place, their rightful place. And when we think about a spiritual life, if we want to be truly set free, uh, truly uh, born again people, we need, to, we need to have a restoration where we put Jesus back in the place of being king in our heart. And that's the, the final and complete restoration of all things spiritually in your life will happen when you have Jesus in the right place. I hope that makes sense. But I want to tell you today, Jesus is coming back. He's making a comeback to the earth. Um, while the return of Jesus, while the return of Jesus has many elements of mystery, there are also many things that Jesus made clear. And some of the things that we don't understand, we can just say, "Well, I don't understand exactly," and I don't think any biblical scholar can fully understand the the, the depth and the breadth of of things that are in the Word of God. But we need to understand the clear things and say, "Well, at least I know that." And so, hopefully, we can teach you some of those things. <clears throat> Hebrews 10, verse 25. 
It starts by saying, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So to believe in salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ and not believe in Jesus' return is pointless. So the whole, the whole uh, uh, essence of the good news of Jesus Christ is not that he just came and died for our sins and that he paid a, price, a penalty that was meant for us, but, the, but it goes beyond all that to, to a spiritual day where, where the heavens are open and Jesus returns for his people. Possibly that we, we call that moment the rapture. It's a little bit of Christianese, but it's what we, what we know is this moment in time where Jesus returns and the church is taken out of the world. Now, I've got to just use a, have a clause here that when that day happens, there's going to be a church left behind who has abandoned the, the, the authority of the Word of God. And we don't want to be that church. So possibly the most prolific writer we have in the New Testament is a man called Paul. And he reveals aspects to this event we call the rapture. That is, the, the, I guess, explaining it. It's the re removing of the church from the world as God completes and finalizes this age in which we live in. So the Bible has many references to this event uh, of Jesus' return, and we don't talk about it much anymore, but I want us to... to talk about it at least a little bit from time to time so that we don't forget that's what we're here for because when we start to forget that Jesus is coming back, we start to think church is about how comfortable the seats are. When we, when we start to forget that Jesus is coming back, we start to think, well, well, what shall I do with my time? I think I'll go water skiing. And there's nothing wrong with these things. But, but the thing is, when we start to forget the urgency of the time and the days in which we live, we start to get distracted. We start to find uh, that we're doing the wrong things a lot of the time and we're not taking hold of the, the, the small amount of time we have and making the most of it. So the, the, the Bible has many references to the return of Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 17, it tells us after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. I love that, that terminology. And I don't think this is just metaphorical. I believe it is physical. It's a spiritual thing that will happen, but I think it's going to happen in our physical bodies. So I used to, I remember working as, as an apprentice plumber and I didn't have a very kind, uh, uh, generous uh, employer. And I, I, I'd be you know, doing everything the hard way. And I know I'd be doing, the, you know, doing a job that we could do so, so much easier with, with uh, right tools and with good stuff. And I'd be doing it always the hard way and, 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 and um, slaving away. And I'd be thinking, right now would be good, Jesus. Come back just right now. So when they come looking for me, I'm gone. There's just maybe a, maybe a pair of shoes or something on the ground and a, and a hat. And Rob's gone. But just imagine that for a second, meeting up with Jesus in the air. Now, I don't know, maybe he's somewhere mid midway and, and as you go past, he's like, hi, Jesus. And he's like, hey, Rob, welcome home. You're like, yeah. I don't know what it's actually going to be like, but I don't want to miss it. So to believe Jesus is Savior is to believe we will return 
he will return for his people. Matthew 24, verse 3, our main scripture for tonight. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? You know something? I think when the disciples asked this question, Jesus said, finally, you're asking the right kind of questions. Finally, they're asking me the right kind of questions. And you know, it was, uh, I think this is sort of toward the end of Jesus' time on earth before he was crucified. They finally start to ask Jesus the right kind of questions. You know, when, you know, sometimes when you get to the end of your life, you start to see things that really matter. And my dad, this is the honest truth, the day my dad died on his deathbed, true story, my brother came to see him and my dad's laying in this hospital bed and my brother just had his hair cut and my dad says, finally, you've got some shape. That was his last, almost his last words. My niece walked in, my brother's little daughter, she came in and she said, where's your, she said, he said to her, where's your jumper? So the things are really, really important when you've got you know, hours to live. And she said, where's your pants? It's a great question that the disciples asked. Jesus' answer was clear, it was direct, and he gave them the signs to be looking for it. In that, he also gave us an insight as to what we should be looking for. Indicators that, um, that Jesus gave us are not mysterious or hidden in riddles. And sometimes we think, oh, the Bible's all full of riddles and we can't understand. I want to tell you something. Some of the things Jesus didn't want them to be riddles. He just said, this is how it's going to be. This is what to look for. It's not going to be metaphorical. It's going to be, it's going to be just how it is. So then they, we can't overlook these things or we can't dismiss them. If we're going to be disciples of Jesus, be aware of what is happening in the world around you. Be, be aware, be looking, be, be studier, a studier of the Word of God and what's happening in your world. So um, we'll look at these things. So Jesus gave us these signs to look for in Matthew 24. And I, I tell you, just start to study Matthew 24. Start to look into that and read it yourself in your own, in your own time. It says there'll be false teachers claiming they have the truth. Uh, talks also about uh, uh, false teachers and, and using the same, the same kind of principle, false prophets that will deceive many people. So... You might think, well, what's all that about? There's so many different, um, uh, uh, I guess, philosophies that people could say. Well, it, you know, one of those things is, well, th there are many ways to God. Jesus said there is only one way through him. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I, and I am the life, and there is no way to the Father except through me. That is the truth of Jesus. We need to understand that as a foundational principle. So if someone else comes to us and says, well, guess what, everybody? I'm the Messiah. They're not. So if I set up, if I, you know, I'll tell you the truth. If I set up a, a, a commune and we're going to fill it with guns and bullets and, and all this sort of stuff, shoot me, please. It's not, it's not what Jesus had in mind. Know what you believe and know 
sound truth and it's found in your Bible. Because people will deceive you. People will come and say, you know, unless you do it this way, unless you do it that way, be in a good group of Christians, be in a good church that, that fundamentally preaches the word of God, that preaches the fundamental truths of the Bible, not something mixed with something else. So some people say, well, in, our, in other um, uh, spin-offs of churches, I guess, they say, well, in, in these churches they have added books. You know, that, that were given to them by an angel who came from heaven with, with, with gold plates and all these other elaborate stories. You know, Paul said, don't believe any other message, even if angels bought it. Because, you know, the devil can, can uh, bring himself as an angel of light, saying, hey, you know, deeper truth. We need to beware of false prophets. And I, I, didn't, I didn't look into this, but I, I have heard other people preach about this, that at any given time in the world today, there, there are like hundreds of people professing to be Jesus. They're saying, Jesus has come back and it's me. And people believe them and follow them. We, you, you know, if, if I ever, I'm just warning you, if I ever say, hey, I am Jesus, take me to the doctor. <laughs> Fast. And if you ever say that you are Jesus... I remember one guy I led to the Lord. He came to church, gave his life to the Lord, and, uh, and, and he seemed to be going okay until one day I said to him, hey, what do you think Jesus thinks about that? Because he's doing some things a little bit strange. He said, I am Jesus. And I went, yeah. The next thing talks about wars and threats of wars. And... We, we in, in the world in which we live, we don't really get a grasp of what's happening around the world. And our media is not telling us a lot of what's happening all over the world. But there is an increasing world destabilization through wars everywhere, all over the place. And, and I just looked up, I didn't take the statistics, statistics down, but if you just look up uh, um, conflict around the world and there'll be, there'll be literally just stacks and stacks so since the second world war when we thought well the, you know, the world was at war then all that meant was that that europe largely has stayed war free since the 1940s but the rest of the world africa asia uh, the middle east has been constantly at war ever since in in one one might finish and another one flares up so uh, and and i just looked at the the figures of people killed since the second world war in conflict and it's staggering it's in the millions of people, and it's still happening today. So Jesus said, look for war. So the world will be in a constant state of war and, and conflict. So the next one, it says famine and earthquakes. Uh, in, Jesus said, in many parts of the world. So large earthquakes, greater than eight in magnitude, have struck the earth at a record high rate since 2004. They, they were increasing. Now, uh, I read a report from a person called Deanne Connors um, in Earth, uh, Earth of March 4, 2012. It's a, it's a um, geological um, publication. And they say that, the, that, that we see an increase in earthquakes around the world, various places, since 2012. Oh, sorry, since uh, 2004. But I know since probably the 1970s and even in the 1960s, it was, it was steadily increasing. Now, what the experts also say is they dismiss this saying, well, that's no sign of anything because it's just to be expected. 
So, so they say, well, it, it's sort of normal parameters that earthquakes will come. But Jesus said, when, the, when you see these things, you, these are signs that the earth is starting to um, come to its end. It also talks about famines, people starving. Uh, USAID reports that famine across 45 countries um, increased in 2017 by 40% more than 2015. So in, in two years or so, there was a 40% increase in, in 45 countries around the world of people with not enough to eat. And in, at the same time, other world authorities will tell you famine is decreasing, but that's not true. They, would, they use like a, a, a different element of, of uh, um, measuring these things and say, it's not, nothing to look at here, people, it's all okay. But we do also need to understand, because some people will say, when you mention that, well, where's the loving God that lets people starve? And all the reports say that the world has no food shortage. But because of war and because of greed and because of government interference in things, that food doesn't get to where it needs to get to. But there is plenty of food to feed the people everywhere. So uh, the next one, verse 9, it says that you'll be arrested, persecuted and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers who wants to be a Christian. Okay, who wants to give their life to the Lord right now? Here's, here's the fine print. The, everybody's going to hate you. <laughs> You'll be arrested, persecuted and killed, hated all over the world because you are my followers. World Watch, which I have right here, thanks to Graham, which Graham always passes these on to me. Um, this has detailed analysis of, of this happening today. All around the world at unprecedented levels, we are, we're talking of millions of Christians every day under pressure for their faith. Uh, and I'm talking like millions of Christians, that not, not under pressure because someone says, oh, you know, tease you in the smoko room about who did Adam marry. We're not talking about that sort of stuff, or, or Adam and Eve's kids, who did they marry? We're talking about people who are in prison, tortured, um, uh, persecuted in a very physical, harmful way because they believe in the Word of God and say Jesus is their Saviour, or they own a Bible, or they got caught praying. Those type of things are uh, what we're talking about here today. Uh, verse 10. It says, Many will turn away from Jesus and betray each other. I think that the, uh, the testimony required to convict believers will come from ex-believers as time goes on. So that many people who... Um, will be persecuted in, in time to come in Australia uh, and, and when, when things change and, and it's no longer legal to, to be a believer or to, to be a Christian, I think that the, the testimony brought against us will come from people who were once in church, who were once believers. Uh, it says they are, um, many will turn away from Jesus and betray each other. What's that talking about? It's talking about a betrayal of faith. So those who think, well, I don't want to serve God anymore. I don't, something turned me off. Maybe you were disciplined in church and thought, that's not for me anymore. You can't tell me what to do because I'm a lover of myself 
And now when, when, when things change in the world, then they're going to start saying, well, you know what? That pastor said this and that pastor said that. It's exactly what the religious leaders did to Jesus to nail him to the cross. And Jesus, is, Jesus said, this is what they do when the, when the wood was green. He's talking about this is what is, what's happening when, when I'm here in the flesh, when things are, are really good. Imagine what's going to happen when things are dry spiritually in the world so persecutions are going to come sorry to invite you to to church to to be become a christian with this kind of an outlook but we need to be aware and we need to know that being a a believer is the gutsiest the most important thing that you could ever do and you need to know the word of god and know the truth and be filled with the power of the holy spirit so you know that that is the best thing despite what they do to your body despite what they do to your belongings the number 12 It says sin will be rampant everywhere. In an age where right has become wrong and wrong has become right. I don't need to go into details. You all should know how that has, in the last five or six years, things have swapped around. Things have changed around in Australia and and, uh, a lot of the Western world, which which held to uh, Christian-based values, has been turned on its head. And so now if you were to profess a Christian-held value, they would say that's actually evil. And Jesus even just described it in the last days that uh, evil will be good and, and good will be perceived as evil. That's exactly what we're seeing today. It's the navigation points of morality have been interfered with. It's like having a compass that works by pointing north, it gives true direction because north is always north. Is that true? If you have a compass, it is, it, it is designed to always show you which way is north. But interfere with the needle and glue it in a set position, you can make any direction seem right. And that's what, what the devil wants to do today, is say any direction is the right direction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play with the needle which, which uh, uh, God put in your life, a moral compass, and say I'm going to interfere with that so that any direction will seem right. So, the main message Jesus gave his disciples and is still relevant to disciples today is let's be ready. Let's be ready. And I think the most ready way that we can be is to be an individual, a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit, who is so connected to God that the Holy Spirit lives within you, that leads you into all truth. In Matthew 24, verse 33 to 34, it says, In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know His return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Verse 44 says, You also must be ready when? All the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. So that means that we can't get complacent with our our developing the things of God. It means that we need to uh, be always on the journey of discipleship, following Jesus where He wants us to go, Um, not giving up on the small disciplines of of our lives to... to, um, 
to be distracted away from, from the call and the purpose of God. You know, it's as uh, Pastor Josh preached this morning about character and what was the, what was the thing? Character won't and and talent, ability and character, something like that. But we need to be we need to be aware that that our our gift, our our natural abilities can lead us astray. But we need to discipline ourselves in the things of God so that we don't just get side, uh, you know, disillusioned in our own world by our, our abilities. But we've got to stay ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. And a, a message like this, even a series, if we were to talk on it for the rest of, of, of our lives, we're only ever going to skim the surface on this subject. I've kept it very simple today. But I want it to be powerful because I want people to be impacted by the Word of God tonight. I want people to hunger for the things of the Spirit. I want people to realize that we are in the last days. Jesus said to the disciples, in the last days, these are the things you're going to see. And we're seeing these things over and over again worked out in the world around us. It's important that we do business with Jesus personally and set things in order and prepare ourselves every day for Jesus. You might think, well, I don't, I don't believe this. I think it's got, uh, there's, a, there's a long way to go yet before all these things are fulfilled. You know, we could live like that, but your end day could be tomorrow. Your end day could be tonight, whether you're young or old. Anything can happen and it's our end day. So the best thing to do is say, I'm going to live every day prepared as if Jesus is going to come back. I want to live every day, every moment prepared that Jesus could come back for me today. As I said, Jesus was unconventional. Most of us will exit this earth when we die, but many of us may live to see the return of Jesus Christ and exit without dying too. I, I hope I'm in that generation. But the truth is also, Jesus said about this, no man knows the day or the hour, not even he knows, only the Father knows. But we just need to be ready for that day it's a, important that we do business with Jesus the best thing the most important thing for a disciple of Jesus is to be filled with power to live this life because I don't think we can do it with willpower I don't think we can do it with with, um, uh, with, with intellect or we can't even do it with, with gift and talent because that will only take us a certain certain part of the way. But the completion of our journey has got to be filled with power from on high that gives us wisdom when we don't know what to do, that gives us strength when we're, when we're not strong enough, that gives us strategy when we, when, when we don't know what to do next. It's got to come from the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray for people tonight. I'm going to open up the, the, the altar here. And, and why don't we just stand together because I know there's people here today and you might be thinking I need to get my life right with God today I need to I need to get things right in my spirit for for myself to start on the journey of being ready if that's you today I, I, I you know, maybe you could put your hand up at some point or come and see me and I'd love to pray with you today and ask uh, ask you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior as a start point but for others of us here tonight, it's a good day to re-establish ourselves in Christ 
and you can look back on this day and say, Pentecost Sunday back in 2018, God did something supernatural. God did something amazing. And I set things in order and I've just seen my life change and grow and develop. And, 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 and as, I, uh, as I spoke over Luke th today, that could be your story where you think, you know, I thought I was, I, my life was set. I thought I was who I was. But something happened on Pentecost Sunday, on a Sunday night at 2018 at One Heart Church. And I was filled with a power from on high that turned me around, that changed everything about me. So I'm no longer who I thought I was, but I'm who God made me to be. And I'm going to walk in that victory. I'm going to walk in that power. And you're going to do great things. And and I love the Bible description. It says, those who do know their God in Daniel chapter 12 will be strong and do exploits. And God created you to be strong spiritually and to do great exploits for his kingdom. Today is a good day to reestablish ourselves in Jesus. In Jesus, we can be free. We can leave the things behind us that we can't change. You know, there's things in our lives that we can't change we think i wish i hadn't have done that i wish i didn't have i wish i hadn't have gone there i wish i hadn't have said that you know all those things that are behind us we can't change our our yesterday but god if we trust him and say jesus i want to give you my tomorrows i want to give you my future then jesus will say i will take care of that i will wipe the the, the slate for you yesterday and give you a new tomorrow we've got to be when we live like that, we'll be ready for Jesus. We'll be prepared for when Jesus comes back. Some here, you can just use this time tonight to give yourself to the Lord again. Because you know what? We're, we're really good at disqualifying ourselves for Jesus. Thinking, well, life didn't work out how I thought it should. Things went pear-shaped. Whatever happened, you might have you might have had a a relationship breakdown you might have you might have had a financial problem you you might have um, been uh, you might have just been a mean person and you think but i can never get past that you know what jesus says give me your today and i'll take care of your tomorrows prepare yourself as we sing this song we're going to be declaring in this song that you know god is bigger than all of those things but if you want prayer today, I want to tell you something. There's something here. I sense something powerful here in this place. Something of the Holy Spirit that wants to get in you, that wants to change you, that wants to love you, that wants to bring a wholeness to you so that you can start on that journey of constant being ready. Constant being ready. So as we sing, as you're ready, I just ask you to come. I'm going to have our team pray with you. Pastor Michael, Pastor Josh, Pastor Kylie, Pastor Pauline, Kimberly, and, and uh, Carlos will we'll love to pray with you. So if you want to come down, ask God to do something in your life tonight. And uh, let's, as a church, get ourselves ready for the times in which we live. Why don't you come?